0: For me, I believe there needs to be mobile uh, mental health people coming out to see the mahi that we do and, and to connect because it's a shocking, shocking a, a plight upon our society that the mental health has just been left. And These are 90% of my clients that will have mental health. The highest, the uh, hardest thing I come across is
1: these synthetic drugs.
0: It is a curse.
1: Our dream is to have a, a papakaanga or a village in one place. Most of our time is visiting the families in those different residences and those motel rooms. But we want to create a village with a garden and a kohang and a playground like Ricky's done up north.
2: We have 200 um, Housing New Zealand homes, you know, so they've come under a kaupapa where it's not owned by Housing New Zealand anymore. So a lot of them are feeling a bit dis, um, disengaged um, and You know, but a lot of it is employment too. They don't have enough putu to keep them going and the rents are really high, which is crazy for our people.
3: This young person was dead set on becoming a patch gang member. This young person grew up in a disconnected Maori subculture where there's no reo, there's no tikanga, they hardly know who they are, all they know is the gang culture and street culture. So that was his aspiration. So after the, his program with me, he told me that he wanted to give up his his colours.
4: Homelessness is on the rise in the Bay of Plenty. In the Tauranga region, social services organisation Tauranga Fano deal with up to 40 families per week. The cold face of homelessness has varied. Couples who have steady jobs can't afford the high cost of rent, while others who are homeless are grappling with mental health and drug problems. At a recent seminar in Tauranga hosted by the Tuinga Whano, an invitation was extended to other services who work at the front line of tackling the issue of homelessness. Dubbed Reconnecting the Disconnected, this week on Te Tiahikar will feature interviews from the event. I'm going to say, 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 I'm going to Tommy Wilson is a Tauranga-based writer and authored the Kāpai the Kiwi books in the early 1980s. He says his father was homeless before he fought in World War II. Today he is the head of Tetsuinga Afano, He says in the last year the organisation has helped 4,000 families and individuals.
1: Uh, my, mahi, well, my, my card says I'm the chief imagination officer. So I'm the CIO of uh, Te Fino, which was started 27 years ago by the Māori Women's Welfare League. So principally our job is looking after the homeless, and we, uh, as of tonight we have about 40 uh, families uh, housed in 12 homes and uh, about the same motel rooms all over Tauranga. And today is about what we do with these Fino once they're in these homes, and that's about the reconnecting, the disconnected that we use as our sort of tagline. And, and that's what we're finding, Justine, that these families... A lot of them, about a third of them, really haven't had any tenanting skills, how to be a good tenant, you know, how to pay your rent, how to budget, how to keep your fuddy clean, how to cook well, how to eat good kai. You know, all of those life skills that we've put together in a a program that we call a of Fitness. You know, it's working. Just as it is for the brothers up there in Tapuya with Hoodie Dennison and and with Ricky up north. So we decided to bring all our our learnings together uh, and hopefully the, the suits will sit in the seats. And we'll be up the front presenting. And, and when I say the suits, we've had, we've had good cooperation from... Too often we bag, you know, the, the, the government departments and that, but uh, MSD and Te uh, Punikokere have been there with us from the day one since we opened the first house. And, and that's, that's what's important, is to acknowledge those that see what we're doing and total work.
4: So out of those four family, 40 families that you
1: mentioned, how many of them actually were, came from the, living on the streets? That's another sort of not a misconception. There's four different categories of street livers. There's there's the genuine uh, the homeless. Uh, there's the streeties who uh, uh, we some of them are pop up beggars uh, who have learnt the art of begging and are making about 200 bucks a day and really don't want to change. Um, then you've then you've got the uh, the rough sleepers, um, which you know we're pretty well catered for in Tarang. We have a night shelter, um, and then there is the genuine uh, uh, homeless or the ones that need emergency housing. And that's kind of our core sector, is the mama and the, and the, and the kids that just need a good, warm, safe whare. Um, and we believe if we concentrate on that sector of the homelessness, uh, we get the best returns in, fa- in the way of turning them around. And, and, that, and that's working. We're getting real estate agents now who were kicking these whānau out a year and a half ago, and now they're ringing up and saying, hey, we'll have another one of those clients because they're good tenants now. So, yeah, it, it's working and people are listening to us and we just want to share what we've learnt with the rest of the country and hopefully set up a, a pathway for others to follow.
4: So Te Tuinga how long have you been in your role for, Tommy? Um, I
1: came as a board member uh, seven years ago, because um, I'm just a crazy old writer that sits at home with his sarong and his typewriter, and that's what I've done most of my last 20 years since I've been home from overseas, but I, my, my dad was a homeless, my dad was brought up on a, as a streety in Auckland by Uncle Scrim, Uh you know, that was uh, before he went off to the war. And so I, I've always had a passion. We always had homeless people come for our, to our party at Christmas. And so me and my brother, uh, we, we took this cope kaupapa on because, uh, yeah, our dad was homeless, so we know what it's like.
4: Really? As uh, a young, is young, a young, young boy? Young?
1: Yeah, and growing up on the streets of Auckland. Yeah, alcoholic father, mother well, that was sick. Um, and we, we, we see those people every day. You know, we have a government contract to have five interventions a week. Well, 250 a year, we're doing 4,000 a year, you know, 40 a week. So, And most of those are people with homeless needs or accommodation needs. See, that's the myth, eh? In Tauranga? Uh, just in Tauranga. The myth is that people think, oh, homeless people are uh, people that are sleeping in a sleeping bag in the middle of town, but 70% of our our, our that haven't got a home are working. You know, some of the couples are making 800 bucks a week, but when you've got to pay $500 for a, a, a flat, and then, if you've got six kids, you've got no show of getting a flat, even if you are working. So, because Toronga is doing so well in the top level, you get the you get the the shakedown or the, the bottom level where we're seeing more and more people uh, as a result of that casualty of success in Toronga. So that's that's the myth that needs to be dispelled. These are good people that are working that just can't get a foot and that's 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 a big uh, almost a myth within the homelessness sector. You know, so. Two, two fronts. About 30% of our clients are genuinely have never um, had a good father, and have always either lived with cousins, lived rough, caravan, to mea, to mea, to mea, and those are the ones that really need um, a lo- what we call a quarter a, a way of hope over them. They call it what do they call it? Wrap around service. Wrap around service. Well, we call it our quarter of araha. You know, these people just need hope. You give people hope uh, when they walk through the front door they know that you care about them. They don't want to know what you know until they know that you care about them. And I don't think it's just in homelessness, Justin. I think it's in a lot of other areas too, whether it's addiction or youth, you know, youth justice that we work with, or even out there in the health sector, people that are disconnected just want to be connected. We do 40-a-week interventions. Yeah, That's screening people, talking about their problem but a big proportion of that is homelessness. But, yeah, organisations like us are, are right at the coal front, eh? We, we see the, the real stuff, eh, bro? With, with our, with our 10, 10 or 12 whare we've got everywhere, we have to visit them just about on a daily basis. Our dream is to have a, a, a papakainga or a village in one place. Most of our time is visiting the families in those different residences and those motel rooms. But we want to create a village with a garden and a koang and a playground, like Ricky's done up north. That's the model, bro. We want to do that... That's when you can really be effective because you're not busy running people here and there. You're in one place. And you create a village or a a, a family papakai atmosphere. And that's where people belong. They just want to belong. I've got three years to finish that dream, but then I'll be time to go back to being a crazy writer again. (laughs) Um, So our game plan is that's what today is about. We've got got people from MSD, DHB, PHO, you know, all those letters, and also the funders, you know. And so we just want to sow that seed, hey, if you give us a village, we will create a village environment for our whānau to belong to. Once they belong to somewhere and they have a whāre, they're on their way, bro. they fixed up. We won't see them again. They've got a warrant of fitness. They're gapping it. Because or,
4: the ultimate dream is to just independence, Totally, bro. Everyone just wants to
1: you know, take their family and have a nice warm place, but this is the step in that pathway. And I think it's a really good step And People see what we're doing and they understand it. But, you know, tattooing it, to weave the community together. Those those wise soul that started that this organisation, they must have known, you know, because most of our clients are Māori, but they're not Māori from here. And the governmental funding model says, iwi will look after iwi and get the point. That's good, but who looks after the lost tribe? Who looks after those Māori that aren't from here? And that's where we have Rangi. He's our, we call him Captain Karakia, and he does all the whakapapa. He hooks them up. That's Rangi just over there. That's a point of belonging, eh? Start there. Where is your marae? Where is your hapu? Where is your iwi? Where did you belong? At some stage, you or your family belong somewhere. Start from there and then roll it out, eh? Life skills, cooking skills, budgeting skills. My wife's here and her gang teach them to weave. we have got the bro in the corner teaches them to music. Uh, she's a wonderful, uh, we call her our spiritual cowgirl. She does wonderful deep inner, inner healing stuff. So she runs a program for them. Um... We, we, we believe we've got the bases covered, bro. We just want these fellows in the audience to listen to what we're doing and listen to Ricky and listen to Hoodie and say, hey, let's follow these fellows. They know what they're doing.
4: As Tauranga becomes more and more populated, yep. is this issue going to get worse?
1: I think not just in Tauranga, I think it's going to get worse, but in saying that it's going to get better if we take this approach and start fixing people up. You know, no matter when we, 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 we need to fix up these people, otherwise, they keep coming back through the door again. So whether it's Tauranga or Tokoro or downtown Lingan, Tamaki Makoto, these people need skills. Don't just throw them in a house. They need life skills, eh? How to survive, how to prosper, how to go forward. Then they don't come back. And that's the name of the game, bro. On your way.
4: According to the 2013 census, there are just under 9,000 people who reside in the suburb of Welcome Bay, located around 7 kilometres outside of the Tauranga city centre. Verna Ohia, Gate of Nazi Pūkinga, has seen an increase of homelessness in the area and says the displacement of many people are attributed to the rising costs of rent.
2: I've come here today not only for Pūkinga to see what other activities we can be doing on the marae as far as emergency housing is concerned, what we need to be doing as whānau trusts as well, but I'm also here as the board uh, the chair of the board for the Welcome Bay Community Centre. So, you know, we have them coming through the door and it's 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 like what Ricky said, it's hard to turn them away, but it's really hard to know where to send them to as well. So it's uh, yeah, it's a big cope before the whole of well, whole of our town really. Yeah. So your role at the Welcome Bay Community Hall, you're the chair. I'm the chair of their board, so I have uh, three other um, three Māori are on board. I have a Filipino guy, and I have um, a couple of here as well. So it's a good mixture. And uh, but at the end of the day, you know the community centre's been there for a long time. I've only been there like a couple of years, and there's a lot of work to be done because you want to see exactly what. The, the, what um detuinga has as far as reconnecting the farno that's the key to this, so I know that they have a cop up and a framework that we could be adopting in welcome Bay yeah yeah, yeah. and
4: um when it comes to toting in the landscape obviously Welcome Bay is a little way out of the main central Tauranga. we're talking about maybe about a 15 maybe a 15 minute drive Aye. going Aye. heading towards Aye. Um
2: is there is a the problem out there too in the in the absolutely suburbs? well out there we have we have 200 um, housing New Zealand homes you know so they've come under a kaupapa where it's not owned by housing New Zealand anymore so a lot of them are feeling a bit dis, um, disengaged. You know, but a lot of it is employment too. They don't have enough here to keep them going. And the rents are really high, which is crazy for our people. Uh, yesterday we had a young family come in with a young baby, panicking because they got no fuddy, And so, you know, luckily we redirected them to the emergency housing at Mall. and I just see that the manager is here. And luckily they've had a spare home there. So, you know, it's, it's just... Yeah, there's a big need for it. And I think for Māori too, who, Māori landowners, we need to get real about this because we can't just rely on winds to do this for us. We have to be doing something you know, with our own land. Uh, most of the land out at uh, t- out at Walca Bay is in kiwifruit. And my quarter to the landowners is, how come it's all in kiwifruit and you haven't allocated anything for Fari or for uh you know, so for emergency housing, because I know some of our family, who who are beneficiaries to that whenua are homeless. How does they, that work? They, hey, that's right. You have to be asking how come that's happened, and this reconnection thing—that's what it has to be about. But we all have to take responsibility about you know for it. I don't believe in just blaming the government agencies. There's something that we have to find our own inside. solutions. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. So you've come here, you're writing your little notes, I yeah. see, and obviously there's some key players yes. in this room. What what do you hope to leave this forum with? Well, it really just making the connection with those key agencies. Now, um, there's about three or four here that I see, Yeah, you know, they're the ones that I can connect with. Um, because I do, I want to... Um, Have somewhere where there's an emergency housing for our whanau out of Welcome Bay. Now the council have just gone ahead and you know allocated 1,500 homes for out to build out there. And my turn to the council is, how come you haven't allocated some for emergency housing? So you know, there's this, that as well. I'm on one of the Tauranga City Council boards, so it's that sort of stuff. And yeah, we got to get real and stop mucking around, really, eh? and stop making excuses. And I think, and I'm saying us, as as Komato, as pakeke, that we need to be doing this for our mokopuna. So yeah.
4: Darwin Rowan's passion for helping people sometimes puts her at risk. She helps out the homeless who live under bridges, who are often hard to find, and those who live on the streets. She says at the heart of the problem is synthetic drugs. Dalwin has lived in Tauranga for 50 years and says the homeless problem is only getting worse. I uh,
0: am a social worker in town for an organisation called St Peter's House um, and what I do, I'm the only social worker in an organisation we offer free counselling services there and other um, parenting life skills. but uh, they hired me as a social worker to, to feed the homeless on a Tuesday so every Tuesday I um, feed a rev- on an average between 30 and 40 um, homeless or those living in their cars come in. I also take, um, I'm the only social worker going out um, under the Bridges and in the flax bushes and tents and uh, it's, and um, I'm at a loss actually because it's it's really hard to to show these guys with such high addictions that there's another way so. I've hooked up with a guy called Paul Mason from City Council because I'm not allowed to go in some of the places by myself. So um, he takes me out with him and um, so I can put a face out there and then once uh, a week I go down to the streets and connect with the guys that come in for a meal and I always have food on me, blankets, um, I always advocate for them. Whatever I can do, sometimes it's just sitting with them and um, just having a or just that connection and... Yeah that's that's what I'm doing mm-hmm. in town.
4: Yeah, hemeraiti sinorangatira tena. Um Kiora for that Darwin. How serious is the homelessness problem in Tauranga?
0: It's very serious. It's one of the biggest things I struggle with is addiction and I cannot get unfortunately mental health will not come out. I have I have got one man who is so unwell that he is he writes um, Oh, such demonic writings with his own faeces. He is so unwell, and I cannot get anybody to come out. The answer for them is they will come, uh, I've got to bring them in. Well, there's no way I can lift somebody that's so unstable into my car and bring them into services. There needs to be, for me, I believe there needs to be mobile uh, mental health people coming out to see the mahi that we do and and to connect, because it's a shocking, shocking... plight upon our society that the mental health are just being left and these are 90% of my clients that will have mental health. The highest, the uh, hardest thing I come across is the synthetic drugs. It is a curse. It's huge and I'm finding more and more women uh, homeless and of course they're at the plight of, of, yeah, whoever wants to pick them up at night. Sometimes I'll hook up to somebody to keep themselves safe and of course they're exploited so it's, it's big. Some say there's only, you know, We I, I'm only seeing the 5% of rough sleepers, never mind the car sleepers or the um, caravan sleepers, all those other overcrowding. I just deal with those that you see in the gutters, in the doorways. That's what I do.
4: You mentioned that you're the only social worker, and this is St. Peter's Church. Yeah,
0: yeah, only social worker in St. Peter's Church, and... Um, Look, I'm not taken away from what everybody does I'm not here to blow my bubble I'm just here to tell you my story This is what I do I'm I'm the only social worker going into those hard places That I know of I haven't come across anybody else And I stand to be corrected But um, Paul Mason and I have worked up a a relationship And um, he
4: does It is, um, yeah So when you work in this mahi In this work It's pretty dangerous for you What help do you need? Jowin. Um you talked about mobile clinics.
0: Yeah, know. yeah. I would love, I would love um, some some education around our um, rental agencies. I'm coming across um, homeless people with addictions plus um, uh, mental health who have been housed and have come like can't make their rent because of, of what they're struggling with, and and instead of these. Um, real estate people starting to ask questions in the agencies that are working, they just evict them and so they just go on the street one after the other. So it's that whole thing of, of connection and so I what I would like to see is connection between agencies and sharing our information and not holding it so close to ourselves, you know, like if we all joined in and shared our information and worked together we would make such an amazing difference here and I think this is what this forum is today, it's just amazing what what's been spoken about and how successful it's up north you know there's there's a a real great little network out there so you get to know who who's who and who the people are and and stuff like that you know and it's just it's just been for me treating very carefully because these are people's broken lives and so I'm very guarded against them I won't anybody take photos I've had tourists taking photos of them while they're bonging out down on the main street thinking it's hilarious and I've just about thrown their cameras in the in the sea, so I said what are you doing you know like people, education that's another big thing, education around homeless, some of these shopkeepers I get it, I get it you know having to deal with homeless sitting in their, in their doorway but to come out and say if you don't F off I'm going to chuck buckets of water over you that's just another kick in the guts for them so why would they shift on, they just stand and and stand you know this is, this is where we live, this is us so you guys put us here so we're staying and It's just terrible. It's terrible. The community. uh, Yeah, I'm going on. I'm just going to stop here. What do you hope to leave this forum with? Connection. Being able to ring up an agency and saying, hey, this is what I've got a 60 year old lady, six o'clock at night, thrown on the street, where can I bring her? And I worked till half past eight that night, found a tent for her, or actually, I took her down some bedding and she ended up staying with one of the other homeless guys, but within a half an hour of me taking the bedding and taking food, they're both being um, rolled over and st- all their stuff was stolen and c- one of the g- guys that was ringing after got got done. So it's, it's for me, trying to find absolute emergency housing for those that are, we come across after hours when a lot of agencies are cl- shut down, where do we go? A lot of them we uh, send us back, got to go to Wins, got to go to Wins, there's got to be an easier way
4: to get into somewhere Kia ora, Delwyn Rowan. Tiahika caught up with Ricky Halton a few weeks ago when we visited her Korowai Trust office in Kaitaia. Just recently, he won the Local Hero Award as part of the Kiwi Bank New Zealander of the Year Awards. Tommy Wilson says the ultimate goal for Te Tuinga Whānau is to emulate what He white Trust is doing up north, that is, to create affordable housing schemes using the Papakainga model.
5: I wouldn't say that the models that we've developed up north are the model, uh, they are a model, and the biggest uh, tribute you can pay to anybody is to uh, have something there. I see some... Um, I see some little glimpses of um, some of the things that we do up north very similar. Uh, Tommy's done a great job in um, custom building it to make sure that it's tailored to meet the unique needs of his community.
4: What can Māori agencies learn from each other? Are these relationships vital?
5: Yeah, I think, I think that uh, um, uh, what we can learn off each other, firstly, is that there's strength in numbers um, in terms of quality, best practice, There's some things, some lessons um, that we can uh, learn. There's some insights that we can gain. Um, It's a very, very lonely business. And um, that's acknowledged by the uh, wonderful Māori groups that are here today. They're sort of saying, hey, you know, um, don't feel bad. Um, That happened to us too, and this is how we dealt with it. And so it's lovely to share. Um, Sharing brings about uh, understanding and what it does do is it um, erases some of the some of the things that don't go so well.
4: Um, what's the key message that you take?
5: The key message is that um, our homelessness uh, solutions aren't going to come out of Wellington. They're not going to come out of the agencies that are paid handsomely uh, to provide uh, the work. Um, they are going to come from. Um, the unique way that we that we um, love the people that we that we're there when everybody's running out, we're running in, and um, I take away I take away with me the comfort that I'm not alone, <laughs> and that uh, we all we all uh, live for a better tomorrow for all of us. Um, whilst we're sharing our experiences as a provider. It's important to feed back uh, to the different ministries, and that's what I was trying to do there. I was trying to feed back, hands up all the ministries uh, that are here today, and so they very, uh, uh, very uh, sort of quite shyishly uh, put up their hand. But what I wanted to say to them, I wanted to talk to them. I said to them, there: when you have people like me sitting across from your desk, don't rush me. I'm scared. Don't, uh, um, please hear my story. Um, don't dispatch me quickly. I've come all the way down. I've up, up most instances, I've driven through the night. I've come down here with my last $50 of uh, petrol money. I don't even know how I'm going to get home. I don't even know where my money is, but such is the love for the people. I've come down here. Please listen to my story. And when I'm sitting across from you, um, it is true. Um, I think I say to them there, I will never remember half the things you say Uh, when I feel scared and frightened but I will always remember how you made me feel and um, that's something that I wanted to share with them
4: Rangi Ahipene is a hunter, gatherer and a keen fisherman. He works alongside the region's young people referred to him by Youth Justice. The main scope of his job is the prevention of re-offending, but it's also about steering troubled young people in a more positive direction, as he explains.
3: Oh, well, one of my highlights, uh, this young person was dead set on becoming a patch gang member. This young person grew up in a disconnected Maori subculture, where there's no deal, there's no tikanga, they hardly know who they are. All they know is the gang culture and street culture. So that was his aspiration. So after the, his program with me, he told me that he wanted to give up his his colours, and that's huge. Uh, I helped him to, 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 to set up himself a new life, so he's going to move out of town. Unfortunately, part of the problem was his, his own family was what was holding him back. And so we recognised that, he recognised that, and he was brave enough to say, I'm ready to step out of this town, go to another town where a, there's a course undertaking uh, what I'm inter- my interests are. And so his ultimate goal is to be a, uh, an engineer, civil engineer with his own business. That's got to be one of my standouts.
4: Tauranga, right up there, would have been the least affordable region.
3: I know, I know. And um, I think part of the problem of Tauranga is that it's a beautiful place to live, and it offers a beautiful lifestyle. And I think a lot of the people who wanted to get away from Auckland and the congestion said, well, Tauranga's an obvious choice. So they came to Tauranga, but that created that problem and that, that caused the uh, housing prices to, to go up to almost Auckland levels. The problem here is that the wages have remained the same. They haven't gone up. So the ability to actually rent these and meet these higher ra- uh, rents uh, is not there at the moment for most people.
4: Kia ora, Rangi Ahipene. Ki kai Big thank you to all of our guests in this week's show. I'm Justine Murray, this is Te Ahika on RNZ National.